0: Disclaimer: This episode does include gruesome details about true events. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crime Vine Podcast. I am your host, Felicity Brooke, and if you are new here, basically this is a true crime and conspiracy theory podcast. I like to stick with cases that aren't as widely known across the globe, just because I feel like everyone's case is just as important as the next, and I don't want to be another one of those podcasters explaining the same case that the other podcasters are doing. I like to kind of set myself apart from them. So before we get into this case, I want to ask you guys to please take a minute to rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. That greatly helps me out. And if I can also ask you to share this podcast, that not only does it help me out, but it also helps the victims that their cases that I cover in this podcast. It helps spread awareness for them. It helps possibly finding answers. Most cases rely on social media and they need the social media exposure. So I'm not asking you guys to spread my podcast to help me out. I'm asking you guys to share it to help the victims out. Also, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, my Instagram is at The Crime Vine Podcast, and my Twitter is at The Crime Vine PO1. Instagram, I tend to stick with more memes, like serial killer memes, and just a funny, you know, lighter side of the true crime, I guess you could say. And Twitter is more serious and more... Um, I do a lot of victim advocacy on Twitter. I do case updates and you name it, that's all on Twitter. And if there's ever something wrong with an episode or... Um, if say uploading episodes delayed or anything like that, you guys will find all those updates on Twitter. I'm mostly on Twitter, not really on Instagram that much. Um, but anyway, so this case that I have for you guys today is absolutely wild. It is insane. It's heartbreaking. It's it's super chilling. Like it is crazy, you guys. Um, there's a lot going on in this case. All right, guys. So if you don't already, grab yourselves a drink because this vine will rope you in. A fictional character meant to scare children that originated from creepypasta was all fun and games until two children took it too far. Three girls, the best of friends, Morgan, Anissa, and Peyton were having a sleepover for Morgan's birthday on the night of May 30th, 2014 in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Morgan and Anissa were so terrified of this creepypasta character, Slender Man, that they were planning to kill Peyton, their best friend, in the name of Slenderman to save themselves. To give you some background on Slenderman, in case you don't know, basically Slenderman was created on Creepypasta Wiki as part of a Photoshop contest in 2009. The Slenderman was whatever you wanted him to be. He was a tall, faceless character known to kill children, and in order to prove you're worthy enough to Slenderman, you would have to kill a child. If you killed a child in the name of Slenderman, then you would prove yourself worthy enough to him and be quote-unquote strong. Slenderman would then take you and you would get to live with him in his mansion in a forest for the rest of your life. And he would never hurt you because you've already proven yourself worthy enough to him. That's one of the stories of Slenderman. There are so many stories circling Slenderman. There's so many different variations. People really took this mythical story and ran with it. So the two girls are planning on murdering their best friend Peyton on May 30th during the night. But then Morgan decided she wanted to give Peyton one more day, so they waited till the next day. Now I want to give you some background before we get into the actual crime. Morgan was later diagnosed schizophrenic. Her dad also had the same mental illness and struggled with it his entire life. So her parents knew that it was a big possibility that that carried down to one of their children. People with schizophrenia are affected by how they think feel and behave in some cases they actually see things that aren't really there and it's a very scary thing to go through morgan and anesa both grew up in a very normal homes their parents would monitor how much internet time they had and they overall really loved spending time with their children and just were really great parents now before anyone comes at me with if they were such good parents then why did their children do this It's one thing to monitor your child's internet time, but it's another to see what they are doing on the internet. It's important for children to understand that these things are fake and meant to be a fun, thrilling, scary thing and are not actually real. For example, when the whole Momo thing was going around, parents had to really make sure that their children understood that that wasn't real. They were more so forced to bring attention to it because children were actually committing suicide because of the Momo character. No one was committing suicide because of Slenderman, so I don't think parents really took it as seriously as they should have and they didn't really think that they needed to explain to their children that this was just fake and it was just a, a fun h- horror story meant to give you that shock scare. They knew their children were kind of obsessed with Slender Man but they just assumed it was one of the creepy things that they got really interested in. They were at that age where kids start watching scary movies and stories and whatnot. Keep in mind, they are 12 years old, so they're starting to dip into more of the teenager stuff. I guess you could say horrors, stories and stuff like that is more of a teenager thing. They're getting that age where they're preteens, they're starting to dip into that a little more. And it was said that these girls did per- like horror stories particularly. Morgan was described as being somewhat of a loner. She wasn't the popular kid at school, and she actually suffered some bullying. Peyton was a little bit more popular than Morgan, and Peyton started talking to Morgan, and soon they just became the best of friends, and they actually met in the fourth grade. Anissa had just come to the school, so she didn't really know anybody yet. Morgan first started talking to her, and then Peyton, and then it was just a, a the trio, the group of friends. Peyton said that she could tell Anissa really did not like her. Peyton said that she was always cold and rude towards her. Anissa was the first one to come across the Slenderman story and she then told Morgan about it. This made Anissa and Morgan grow closer together and eventually had a tighter bond than they had with Peyton. Morgan claims to have been seeing Slenderman ever since she was a little child. She told Anissa that they needed to kill Peyton in order to save themselves. The girls actually had three different plans to kill Peyton. They planned this attack for six months and were very meticulous with this. They would have code words, itch, which meant the kill, and cracker, which meant the knife. The original plan was to duct tape Peyton's mouth shut in the middle of the night and stab her in the neck. Morgan was going to put on headphones and set an alarm on her iPad for 2 a.m. to attack Peyton. She woke up Anissa and they decided against it because they were too tired. So 5.30 a.m. rolls around and the girls wake up and start playing with Silly Putty and then they decided to play dress up. While Peyton was putting on a dress in the bathroom, Morgan and Anissa start talking and coming up with plan number two. Morgan said that they could all go to the park and kill her in one of the bathroom stalls. Now Morgan wasn't allowed to go to the park alone, but since it was her birthday party, her parents decided that they were going to let the three girls just go alone without parent supervision. Morgan grabbed a knife from her kitchen before they left for the park. Anissa read on Creepypasta that it's easier to kill someone if they are unconscious and you don't look them in the eyes when you do it. So, Anissa tried to knock Peyton out by slamming her forearm on Peyton's forehead and then Peyton hitting her head on the concrete. They again got scared and didn't follow through with this plan. They leave the bathroom and devise plan number three. Anissa suggested that they take a walk around the block. This is when she pointed out to Morgan all the trees. They decided on a game of hide and seek as a distraction for Peyton. Peyton didn't want to play hide-and-seek, and and she was just kind of throwing a fuss about it, but the two other girls assured her that if they played a couple rounds of hide-and-go-seek, then she would be able to pick the next game, so she agreed. Morgan said she'd count while Anissa and Peyton go and hide, and in Anissa's words, she was going to hide one place, and I was going to hide in another, and then Morgan and I were going to be the lionesses chasing down a zebra. I was going to tackle her, and Morgan was going to do the stabbing. Morgan said she'd do it only if Anissa told her when to do it. So when Morgan attacked her, she actually jumped on Peyton's leg so she couldn't go anywhere. Anissa started walking away and about five feet away, she yelled, Now, go ballistic. Morgan would then get down close to Peyton's face and say, I'm sorry. They didn't actually want to kill Peyton because she was one of their friends, but they thought that in the name of Slenderman that they had to do this in order to save themselves and be able to be one of Slenderman's proxies and get to live with him in this so-called mansion in a forest. Now their parents actually said that they did not suspect anything, that Morgan and Anisa were acting completely normal. I mean, they have been devising this plan for six months and and they didn't act Different. They didn't tell anybody about it because if they told somebody about it, then that would ruin the plan and it then Slender Man would come after them, basically, is what they thought. So they didn't tell anybody. They kept completely normal. They acted natural, like literally you could not suspect a thing. And I don't necessarily think that's the parents' fault because because if the girls didn't tell their parents at all? How could their parents have known? Yes, they knew they had an obsession with Slenderman, but there is no possible way for the parents to know that they're planning on killing one of their best friends. So everyone was completely shocked by this because the girls were acting completely normal. And the knife that was actually used to stab Peyton was a kitchen knife with a five inch blade. Morgan stabbed Peyton 19 times while Peyton screamed. The girls left Payton there to die, but they told her that they were actually going to go find help for her. In reality, they weren't going to go find help. They never got help, and in fact, they were found walking five hours away to Nicolay National Forest, and they were found on the side of Interstate I-94. They believe that Slenderman lived, his mansion was in Nicolay National Forest, so that's why they were making their way towards there. Peyton couldn't see or breathe, but with a little bit of strength that she had, she dragged herself to the side of the road and legged there in the grass, dying. A bicyclist actually found her and immediately called 911. He said he was shaking and terrified and didn't know what to do or what to think when he saw Peyton. Peyton was trying to save her energy, so she didn't talk to him. All she said was that she couldn't see or breathe. The ambulance showed up and immediately rushed her to the hospital. That's when they found 19 stab wounds and a 12 year old girl on the brink of death. They didn't think she was going to survive, but they tried everything in their power to save her. At first her mother said how could she have been stabbed 19 times because it didn't look like it at first. Then she got closer to Peyton and she saw it all. The stab wounds were all over her legs, arms, and chest. One of the stabs actually missed her heart by a millimeter and I believe she was stabbed in two arteries. While they were stabbing her she said she didn't really feel it at first because she was in so much shock. The pain caught up to her though and when she was found she was able to only answer yes or no questions for the most part. But she did say that her friends did this and she managed to get out their names. And the knife was also found on Morgan and Anissa in their bag. The girls were very calm when they were found and had some staining on their clothes from Peyton's blood. The girls never tried denying this crime and in fact, Morgan said during questioning, I might as well just say it, we were trying to kill her. During questioning, the girls explained the entire Slender Man thing, saying it was necessary to kill Peyton. Peyton recovered really well for her injuries, and she returned to school fall of 2014. The girls were read their Miranda rights upon questioning, and in the state of Wisconsin, it is legal for police to question minors without their parents present. Police can question a child without a parent present, and are not required to obtain permission from a parent before questioning the child. In 2017, Anissa pleaded guilty to being a party to attempted second-degree homicide. A jury then found her not guilty by mental disease or defect. Morgan accepted a plea offer under which she would not go to trial and would be evaluated by psychiatrists to determine how long she should be placed in a mental hospital. She later pleaded guilty and was found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Anissa Weyer was sentenced to 25 years to life, an indeterminate sentence involving at least three years locked confinement and involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute, followed by communal supervision until age 37. Morgan Geiser was sentenced to the maximum 40 years to life, an indeterminate sentence involving at least three years locked confinement. In addition to involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute until complete resolution of symptoms or until age 53, whichever may happen first, followed by continued communal supervision, periodic re-evaluations and or reinstitution, and further treatment as needed as required by the sentence imposed. In 2018, a Wisconsin judge sentenced Morgan to 40 years under mental health facility supervision. While Morgan will periodically have the opportunity to petition for her release from a mental health facility in the future, she will remain under institutional care for the duration of the sentence. During her trial, Morgan had been committed to the Winnebago Mental Health Institute and was the youngest patient there. In the aftermath of the stabbing, the creepypasta wiki was blocked throughout the Waukesha School District. On the Tuesday following the stabbing, the Slenderman creator, Eric said, I am deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by this terrible act. The administrator of the Creepypasta Wiki site said the stabbing was an an isolated incident that did not accurately represent the Creepypasta community. He also stated that the Creepypasta Wiki was a literary website and that they did not condone murder or satanic rituals. Members of the Creepypasta community held a 24-hour live stream on YouTube during June 13th through the 14th, 2014, to raise money for Payton. Joe Jaszewowski, an administrator on a Creepypasta website, said the purpose of the stream was to show that members of the community cared for the victim and did not condone real-world violence because they enjoyed fiction that contains violence. all right, you guys, what do you think about that case? I think it's absolutely wild, and I definitely encourage you guys. There's so many resources that I found my information from. There's so many documentaries out there on this case. Um, HBO has one. ABC 2020 has a whole segment, like a two-hour segment, I want to say it is, on it. There's so many different um, movies created, like inspired by it, and there's also... A lot, Just in general, a lot of documentaries. There's a lot of information on this case on the web. So I encourage you guys to go check those out. And then you'll kind of understand what I'm saying about the parents being normal people. And we're trying to raise their children in a normal way. Um, I know I'm probably going to get a lot of people coming at me for that. But I really don't think that it's 100% the parents' fault. Um, Morgan does have schizophrenia, which is a mental illness so that is another a major role and I'm not saying she tried to murder someone because she had a mental illness I'm just saying that does play a huge role in it as well and Anissa also um, was admitted to a psychiatric hospital as well Um, I want to know you guys's case I don't want to go too in depth about the whole mental illness thing although I do think that mental illness it's it's a real thing that we really do need to bring attention to and raise awareness for because I mean you know depression anxiety all of that is it's a real thing and so is schizophrenia and it's a very scary thing and on and a lot of people suffer from it in their day-to-day lives and it's just one of those things that really impacts your life and kind of affects it in a big big way this episode really isn't about mental illness so I'm not going to go too in depth with it um I'm not condoning Morgan and Anissa's actions whatsoever because that is not right. And I cannot believe how incredibly strong Peyton is for surviving this attack, not only, but she was stabbed in her cardiac box, which is like very hard to, s- to survive any of those injuries as as it is. And she, I mean, she was stabbed in arteries. She was stabbed literally a millimeter away from her heart. Like there she is here for a reason like she was not supposed to die and that is just crazy and it's I, I just can't I feel like I would have just shut off if I was put in this situation and I probably would have died like she dragged herself to the side of the road and was found like it just she is such a strong individual I cannot believe she went through this and at just 12 years old too that is insane thing to go through and she's unfortunately going to carry this with her for the rest of her life and it just goes to show that you really can't trust anybody even your best friends who you think you can trust them with the world turns out in some cases you really can and it's just it's one of those really really unfortunate scary things so I want to know what you guys think about this case I want to know your thoughts and your opinions have you um do you agree with what where I'm coming from do you not let's let's talk about it Um, Have you seen any of the documentaries, any of that stuff? Let me know. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Share it. Spread the word. Let's get awareness for these victims. And let's also try to help solve cases that have literally no leads or anything and that they just need media exposure. So it's up to us. We may not be forensic scientists. We may not be investigators, but it is up to us. We have social media, which is a valuable, valuable resource that we have and that we can use. So let's use it. Follow me on Instagram at The Crime Vine Podcast and on Twitter at The Crime Vine PO1. And I will talk to you guys in my next podcast episode.